Okay, this is uh, the episode about stone number nine, which is about music. Uh, for some of you, that may seem kind of silly, but actually music is critically important in human life. Um, when I was about eight or nine months old in the Lord, I was having a conversation with uh, a man that was been a Christian for a long time. And uh, in, in our discussion and just having conversation about Jesus and the Bible and stuff like that, I just happened in the course of the conversation to bring up that uh, in listening to the music I usually listen to, that it just the music just didn't seem to be doing something to me like it used to. I just didn't seem to be enjoying it like I used to. Now, to just give you a little bit of background, um, I got into music at a very young age, you know, as an early teenager, and I had collect collected close to 75 albums, um, all kinds of bands. My favorite was Creedence Clearwater Revival, but I had Elvis and I had Led Zeppelin and lots of stuff in, in between. Um, I also bought a uh, very expensive turntable with a very light needle so as to not wear out my albums. And um, I kept them in really good condition. I was very, very careful with them. Um, but I was, I was telling him that, you know, it just didn't seem to touch me the same way like it used to. And he said, well, you know, Gary, that sounds like the Holy Spirit to me. And I said, the Holy Spirit? Well, what does he care about what music I listen to? He said, well, actually... He carries he cares very much about what you're listening to. So what are you talking about? And that's where I got um, my first little mini lesson about music. He told me reminded me about Moses coming down from the mountain with the with the Ten Commandments. I met Joshua about halfway, and he could hear a sound. Joshua kind of understood what Moses was pondering. And uh, even though he couldn't see the camp yet, he could just hear the sound. And Joshua said, yeah, it's the sound of war, Moses. And, uh, of course, the people were worshiping the golden calf. So um, when this man shared this with me, it, it really got to me. And I said, well, what should I do with this music? And he said, get rid of it. I said, get rid of it? I mean, shouldn't I maybe give it to somebody? And he actually used this example with me. He said, Gary, if you were smoking cigarettes and uh, you just bought a brand new carton of cigarettes um, and the Lord convicted you about smoking and you decided, okay, I, I need to stop. I mean, would you then give your carton of cigarettes to somebody else and say, here, you die of lung cancer? I said, well, no, I wouldn't do that. He said, well, then why would you give somebody music that can hurt them spiritually? I said, well, what should I do? He says, throw them away. That was a stunning statement to me at that time. But you know what? That's exactly what I did. I went home and I got big trash bags and I, I not only snapped the albums in half, broke them, I tore up the album covers and I had a big stack of 45 records for some of you that remember those. I broke them as well. Put all the trash bags and took them out to the to the dumpster. Yeah, that was a pretty radical thing for me to do, and I hadn't even read Matthew eleven yet, where Jesus talks about laying hold of the kingdom is done radically, and only radical people do it. Not Muslim terrorists kill people, murder, 
kind of radical, but being really serious about laying hold of the kingdom in Jesus's ways. And uh, I didn't even know that's really what I was doing. But I can point to that event because I remember after I threw the last bag of stuff into the, into the dumpster saying, you know, Lord, I don't want anything to come between you and I if I can help it. I mean, I'm, I'm new and all that, and I'm sure there's lots of things you're going to deal with with me over the years, but I want to start out the right way. If this is a problem, I just got rid of it. I don't want to listen to that kind of music anymore. Uh, I want to be careful what I what I allow into me through music. And I can point to that as probably a, a significant event in my very, very early stage as a brand new Christian. Um, in fact, it was much later when I came upon the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands and two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. All this is similar. You see, it was a, while, a long while later when I, of course, again, read about um, how John the Baptist was an example of somebody that, you know, forcefully went after the kingdom. And he, he treated it seriously that way. So trying to lay hold of the kingdom and Jesus's way of living requires radical actions. I didn't realize it at the time, but destroying all my secular music was a radical action. And as I said, I can point to this as my first radical action that definitely made a huge difference in my relationship with Jesus of Nazareth. I was purging something that was worldly, carnal, of the flesh, and not of the Lord. That's what I was doing, because that's what it is. While music may not seem like something that can seriously impact one's relationship with Jesus for the negative, Let's consider some things about music. In fact, the man I was with, he, he asked me, he said, who do you think invented music? <laughs> and I had to think about that for a moment. Like, uh, I don't know, Elvis? Uh, no, the Beatles? Uh, uh, Beethoven? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know. But who invented music? He said, Gary, Jesus invented music. He enjoys music himself. He even uses music to minister to his people. Zephaniah 3.17. Yahweh your God is with you. He's mighty to save. He'll take great delight in you. He'll quiet you with his love. He'll rejoice over you with singing. Wow. What a visual. Jesus singing over me? I'm impressed. In short, Music is a living God thing and thus a tree of life good thing when used properly. See, when it's not used properly, it becomes part of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Secondly, music does what Jesus designed it to do no matter what. Like with gravity, in which what goes up must come down, every time music is a powerful tool that Jesus designed to stir the human heart Every time it stirs Jesus's heart and it stirs man's heart. This is simply what music 
was designed to do. However, there's a potential problem. Satan, the great copycat, likes to use music, of course, to stir the human heart for the things he wants, you know, tree of knowledge of good and evil. For he knows quite well that music automatically does what it was designed to do, stir the human heart. Jesus, of course, wants human hearts stirred for him and his kingdom, which is why he invented music as a tool to do that. Again, music does what Jesus designed it to do every time, either stirring the heart to love him or stirring the heart to love other gods. This is similar to sex, something Jesus also invented. A common misconception is that procreation is sex's main purpose. This is false. Procreation is important, but it is sex's secondary purpose. The main purpose of sex is to glue two people together intimately. Every time a man and a woman have sex, they do not create a child, but every time people have sex, they are creating a bond of intimacy. This is why God forbids any sex, any form of sex outside of one man and one woman who have a marriage covenant. For sex glues these two people together, creating intimacy every time without exception. That's what it does. Here's what Paul said. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Thus, when people have sex with someone they are not in a marriage covenant with, the sex is still having a gluing effect that creates a bond of intimacy. Just because people don't see this or understand Jesus' purpose for sex does not mean that sex doesn't still do what he designed it to do, bond people in intimacy. Music, here's a musical instrument, I'm sorry, music experiment I'd like for you to conduct. As I said, all music, every concert, every musical event, every song is aimed at stirring the human heart towards someone or something, whether it's Satan and the ways of the world or Jesus in the ways of his kingdom. There is no neutral music, period. This is why, this is why what music a person listens to does have an impact on that person's relationship with Jesus of Nazareth. It either moves a person towards loving him, or it moves a person away from him. See, Jesus gives a, gives a gift and a calling to every human being while he is forming them in their mother's womb. And one of these gifts and callings is the anointing or the power to lead people to worship. Elvis certainly had it. The Beatles undeniably had it. Lots of those in secular music had it. They just have sort of like an anointing to move people emotionally with their music. So the question is, who and what are, are, are they leading people to worship? But the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable, Romans 11. Even when the, when the person uses them for himself or for evil, it still happens. Interestingly, sometimes Jesus will take some music intended for secular use and turn it to his purposes. During the Welsh Revival in the early 1900s, the words to many of the songs sung in the bars and the pubs by people when they were drunk on wine, that's a spirit, they were changed into worship words 
but with the same well-known melody to be sung by people filled with the Spirit. Since Satan chose uh, to seek to be, to be worshipped himself, there have been two opposite worship movements on the earth. But since the 1920s, these two opposite worship movements have begun to clash with a very public declaration of war to the hearts of people made by the secular worship movement in the 1960s. This war has escalated to the point that right now there is an intense battle going on between these two worship movements. Very soon, music is going to be used to force everyone to pick a side. I want to go back and just mention an experiment. Get on YouTube, I guess, and pull up some secular uh, concert that you have been to or that you about some band that you enjoy and uh, turn off the sound, mute the sound totally, and just watch the video, watch what's going on. You're going to see people standing, maybe lifting their hands, swaying to the music, uh, maybe dancing sort of, uh, they may be singing along to it. Uh, and depending on the song, they might even be shedding some tears. Now go to a worship service. Uh, I would recommend the International House of Prayer. And uh, again, do the same thing. You know, bring up the worship service, but mute the sound and just watch. What are the people doing? They're standing, they're, they maybe have their hands lifted, they may be swaying to the music, maybe dancing sort of. Uh, they're singing along with it. Depending on the song, they may even be shedding some tears. They're both doing the same thing. Now you can go back and turn up the sound, and you can hear what or who each group is worshiping. They're in worship, whether you like it or not. That's what they're doing. Still not convinced of the power of music? Check out Elisha using it to enhance the prophetic spirit in order to hear the living God in 2 Kings chapter 3. This also means that music enhances false spirits, which other religions and spiritualists tap into using their music. People who use illegal drugs often do with music. Again, listening to the godless music, the godless music, is not some innocent issue. For all music contains a certain power to it. Music moves the human heart. The question is, in what direction is, are you being moved? If you want to be moved toward Jesus, get rid, stop listening to your secular music. Listen to music that causes you to focus on Jesus. It will make a difference. Now I'm going to... Uh, in this podcast as I have all of them with some music. And I'm going to end it with a song uh, by Mark Antony called I Need to Know. Uh, when you listen to this song, try to change when he says girl, change it to Jesus. And when he says baby girl, change it to Lord Jesus. And I think what you're going to find is this is really a worship song. Mark Anthony just doesn't know it. With those, those, just those two changes, instead of worshiping this girl, you can worship Jesus. Check it out. See what you think.